Today we begin our series on Ming Sen Shu and his abduction of Mary Stauffer and her daughter. In part one, we'll cover Ming's upbringing in a traditional Chinese household. We'll follow his transition into becoming the patriarch of his family, how that led to some peculiar behavior, and his deteriorating mental health. Finally, we'll learn about his obsession with Mary Stauffer and how it leads to a tragic abduction. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you thought this show was just a flash in the pan, stick around. And welcome to year five of Necronomapod, friends. This one's a doozy. This is Necronomapod. I think this was a topic that we had tentatively had on the schedule in December and had always discussed it as Mary Stoffer. Mary Stoffer. We're going to do the Mary Stoffer story and we'll talk about that. And then Ian the other day texted us and goes, Oh, I sent you guys a notes. And I opened the fucking notes and it says, Ming Sen Chu, part one. <laughs> and I'm like, Wait, what the fuck did I miss? Did we change the schedule? What is this? I had no idea this was the same story. Guessing you're not familiar with this case in the slightest. <laughs> was not. I'm not familiar in the slightest. <laughs> <laughs> Though in Googling uh, Ming Sen Shu's name to make sure I said it properly, I did come across a few stories, so I do know how this one ends. Oh. And it was not how I would have guessed coming into this show. Okay. Um. Well, that's something. Really threw me for a fucking loop. <laughs> I was like, that doesn't say Mary Stoffer. <laughs> What the fuck are we talking about? What kind of ass backwards world am I living in Did right now? Did you think now? he had like Chinese conversion <laughs> tools on or something? And it, that's Mary Stoffer in Chinese. I instantly, I instantly opened the link that he's his notes and I'm scrolling through like, there's got to be a Mary Stoffer in here then, right? Like, is that a victim? What is going on here? I figured it out. Good. Just All th- will be revealed. It was 20 seconds of. Did I fuck up? Did I, did I miss something? Was I drunk when we were making a schedule and I didn't understand? I would have liked to have seen that. Hmm. So here we are. Yeah. Happy New Year. Pretty intense No, episode. it's a day late. You can't say it. That's true. <laughs> Actually, a couple days late by the time this comes out, pal. That's right. Yeah. What was it? January 3rd? 3rd, three days. You get three Max. days. Max. Yep. That's fair. It's very fair. I would even say two is probably appropriate. That's what I was just thinking. <laughs> Three is a little much. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like if somebody you're not said saying it to Merry me. Christmas on December yeah. 27th. Yeah. Of course not. Like if somebody said it to me on the third, I'd be like, I've already been doing it for yeah. two days. What are you talking so. about? I've, I've done been doing that. <laughs> I've done been doing that shit. My year sucks already. What do you No, Nothing happy yeah. about it. You just made it worse by wishing me a happy new year on January 12th. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. I can't wait for Kirby Enthusiasm to start. Last season. Next month. Yeah. And you better catch up real quick. You got 10 seasons to get through. <laughs> I always say I'm watching. 11. I'm sorry. Didn't you guys say it's like Seinfeld, though? And I wouldn't like it if I don't like Seinfeld. Uh, it's along that vein. It's better than Seinfeld. 
it's very do you, it's very much like George Costanza Seinfeld. Okay. Who's Jerry's, you know, little bald friend. Yeah. It's kind of like him ish. Yeah. Because so, Larry was the character of George. Okay. He wrote that. He wrote it kind of on himself. And mm. when everyone calls George a piece of shit on the show, he's like, ah, <laughs> you sure about that? <laughs> he gets very, very uh, defensive when mm. people start shitting on George. <laughs> so, yeah, you might not like it. It might not be your cup of tea. We'll see. I watched Palestinian Chicken the other day. That's a great episode. It might be my favorite one. And that chick is so fucking hot. She is. <laughs> Fuck me like your people have fucked my country. <laughs> ah, good stuff. What else is new? It's a new year. Here we are. Five years later. Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? It's a long time. I certainly didn't think. No, I did not. I didn't give us 10 episodes. <laughs> it's crazy that we've had a group of people have listened to us from the very beginning. A lot of OGs from way yeah. day one. Yeah. It's a long time to spend listening to something. Yeah. Aren't you tired of us? I would have been gone. <laughs> <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> like, uh, all right. It was good. After the third year, it's kind of reruns. Like, these guys are still on? Yeah, right. They haven't been canceled yet? <laughs> How's it possible they didn't say anything that got them canceled in five right. years? That's not possible. I'll tell you what, though. I give people credit for listening to us in those early days with the best of that you put together. Yeah. Hearing the quality on oh, some of those yeah. is so bad. It's not good. So. Yeah, like I would have turned that off. Like, someone's <laughs> inside their vacuum cleaner or something. Yeah. What the fuck is this? Yeah. So I really appreciate the people that stuck through us that whole time. That's true, especially because we started that way. It's not mm. like we were good and then like went through like a, a slump where there was just like poor audio. Yeah, like you, we started like we were fucking you know recording through tin cans in our <laughs> mom's basement. <laughs> and like I would have been like, no, like, who are these yeah. schmucks? Like right. why why are they better than me and can tell me about these stories? I can fucking just read about them myself. Right. So thank you. I think those the, people. The earliest clip that I put in there was was it the toy box killer. Yeah. That was way back. Hey there, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> that was the Country Mike debut, right? That was awesome. I was cracking up. You're probably that. scared, wondering why you're tied up. I don't remember what the words were, but it was something like that. I think you like do, that. pal. I think it was, you memorized That's all I remember <laughs> about it. Real fucking creepy. You're right. <laughs> you will be raped and whatever. You're right. <laughs> oh, man. Well, they stuck with us. Here we are. Yeah, You're yeah. five. Professionalized now. We've been professionalized. Well. <laughs> we got some fancy microphones. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> that's where the professionalism yeah. ends. We're certainly still not uh, housebroken yet. But anyways. So this story is terrifying. This might be one of the creepiest stories we've it covered. It really is. The, yeah. the long burn that... Mary Stoffer didn't even know that was mm -hmm. happening is really terrifying. You, you, yeah. you sit there and you think maybe someone's out there doing that right now about me. <clears throat> right. Yeah. yeah. Just some random fucking person that you don't even remember at mm. all. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he played the long game on this one. <laughs> like he really did. did. Ming Sen Shu was born on October 15th, 1950 in Taiwan to Chinese-born parents. 
Both of his parents were really smart. His father was an expert in environmental conservation, and his mother was highly regarded as a math teacher. And their teaching is what led the family to Taiwan. When Ming was eight years old, his father was hired by the University of Minnesota. So the family immigrated to the United States and moved into a house located in a suburb outside of Minneapolis. Ming had siblings, a younger brother born in Taiwan, and another younger brother born after the family arrived in the United States. Any relation to the Ming dynasty that ruled China from the 14th through 17th centuries? I don't think so. Okay. It's a fair question. I, <laughs> fair I, had, question. I had to ask. It's a very important dynasty in the history of China. Dave's a part of the Ulysses Grant dynasty, yeah. so he's just interested in other powerful exactly dynasties right. in the world's history. That dynasty took a downturn over the years since Ulysses' time. You're bringing it back up, pal. I'm doing my best. <laughs> hey, we're on the rise now. Let's go. Remember that whole talk about five years and, and running strong? Absolutely right. Let's go. <laughs> Grant's reign didn't last that long. Civil War was, was what, four years, five years? Yeah. And he wasn't in you charge go. that You're whole keep time. Going. You're keep going. He was president for eight, though. He was the president for eight years. <laughs> eh, water under the bridge. <laughs> The kind of picture-perfect family the shoes built came to a halt when Ming was 11 years old. His father was diagnosed with cancer and died within that same year. As the oldest son of the family, Ming was required, as in Chinese culture, to step up as the man of the house. However, Ming used this new power as an excuse to be abusive towards his younger brothers. Real quick into this new dynamic, Ming essentially made his younger brothers his slaves. He had them taking his shoes on, taking his shoes off for him, mm. feeding him, like cooking food for him, feeding mm. him. Apparently he did not learn about Ulysses Grant and the Civil War. <laughs> not. How that worked. <laughs> and you cannot have slaves in this country. Mm. Well, I, those activities sounded, you know, from where I'm from, that sounds like a wife. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> taking your shoes off and on, making you dinner. I don't know. <laughs> sounds like a wife to me, pal. I think the slave <laughs> turns up a little bit of an exaggeration. <laughs> Starting off the new year, right? <laughs> what kind of cancer did Dad have? I don't know. It was on like testicular cancer because he sure shot out some malignant uh, kids <laughs> out of those nutsack. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Quick note, uh, his brothers, one's named Charles and the other one was named Ron. At this point in the story, Charles was seven and Ron was two years old. So they get Charles and Ron and he gets Ming? Yeah, it's weird, huh? Hmm. I don't know how that worked out. I thought the same thing. It's kind of odd. They're trying to Americanize? Maybe they knew they were coming here and like, all right, let's name any future kids American names or something like that. Charles, Ron. Sounds right. Let's go. Yeah. Oh, America. They got this Ronald McDonald guy. He seems pretty well liked. Same this kid, Ron. <laughs> Sounds good. Is that a badge of honor being named after Ronald McDonald? <laughs> Who are you I, named maybe after they didn't know. Ronald McDonald. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't know. He's got golden arches above his name. That looks pretty cool. <laughs> they served like billions, too. Yeah, right. <laughs> what a what a thing to aspire to. So, like we said, he would have his brothers take off his socks and shoes for him, carry his stuff around, cook for him, feed him. Hmm. If they said no, if they said you literally no. wrote Dave's Tinder profile for looking for a wife. 
Those activities don't seem that difficult, hmm. if you asked me. If they said but it, imagine like you grew up in this just normal house and then all of a sudden your dad's dead. You're upset about that. And now your dipshit brother is making you do all this. Right. It's not good. I'd be fucking pissed. You're kicking his ass. Teaming yeah. up on him. And the, yeah. the one's only two years old. So he really well, doesn't, he doesn't understand. He doesn't know. Shoes off, man. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't <laughs> know. He's a fucking toddler. <laughs> yeah. He can't even put his own shoes on. He's going to take your fucking shoes off you. <laughs> Get some Velcro shoes, asshole, and do it yourself. <laughs> Is that what the two-year-old's telling him? Yeah, that's what he should be. <laughs> I have Velcro shoes. You should do it too, motherfucker. <laughs> I'd love it if a two-year-old said that to somebody. I have Velcro shoes. Do it yourself, motherfucker. <laughs> it's my favorite kid. If they said no, Ming would beat them. And not just bullying around your brothers. He would beat them with belts, things like that. Um, like there were his kids to abuse. He fully took on this man of the house. It has a name too. I can't remember it off the top of my head, but matriarch, patriarch, like a, spe patriarch. a specific name in Chinese culture. Like there's a word for it. Mm. This whole like being a man of the house thing. And he just ran with it. Is it called Mugu Gaipan? <laughs> it was. Well, that sounds all right though. If we're gonna talk about that. <laughs> Is it the art of dim sum? <laughs> I like those Chinese words. Those are good. <laughs> his brother Charles later on talked about his life with Ming, and he retold a story about Ron. Ming would make his youngest brother stay lookout for their mom to come home from work so Ming wouldn't get in trouble for whatever he was up to. One day, Ron failed to wash for her, and Ming ended up getting in trouble. The next day, when they were alone again, Ming put Ron into the oven and would shut the door on Ron, start the oven, and then turn it off. Ming did this over and over again to him until he felt that Yo. Ron had learned his lesson. Hmm. That's a lot there. Yeah, that's like two, three-year-old, four. Escalating pretty quickly here. Hmm. Could have cooked his brother. He did cook his brother. It was blue rare, but he <laughs> cooked <laughs> his brother. He could have almost well done cooked yeah, his brother. He did about 12 seconds on each side, probably. <laughs> Ian's like, oh, I'm fucking for that. You'd have oh, eaten yeah, that yeah. steak for sure. Blue rare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> During the next two years, Ming started to look into windows at women or girls inside homes. Ming had gotten caught, and his mother was told by the neighbors to get him under control, or they would call the police. Ma'am, you should close your blinds. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's a fair statement. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like people might think I've actually just said that. That was a soundbite Dave just played. But yes, you should close your blinds. This would not have happened if you had your blinds closed. No. Ming would have been foiled in his perversion <laughs> attempt if mm -hmm. only. Ma'am, you should close your blinds. It's that simple, really. That's it. It's be all end all. When Ming turned 13, this deviant behavior was aimed at his own mother. One night, Ming snuck into his mom's room with a flashlight. Ming climbed under the sheets and turned the flashlight on. His mother, May, woke up and screamed at Ming and sent him out of the room. The following day in the morning, May noticed that the crotch of her pajamas had been cut out. Yo! <laughs> get down, Ming! Oh, yes. hardcore! So, just kind of wrap your mind around it. He's 13 years old. He cut the crotch out of his mother's pajamas during the day. And then when she put them on and went to sleep... 
He waited until she was asleep, snuck under the covers, and used the flashlight to look. At his mom's Something wrong here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. At his mom's vagina. Yeah. Oof. How does she not know? I kind of feel thought... like a breeze. <laughs> a little chillier in the house that night. Seems odd that you wouldn't recognize that that had been done to your PJs. Even well, if it was a little bit. I feel like you would know. Haven't you ever had a, like, a hole in shorts or something and walked outside and someone's like, hey, you got a hole in your shorts. Like You shouldn't go out in those. Or something. I don't think I've had it like in an under region, like maybe like on like a like the thigh or something of like a, mm. a pair of shorts. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. All right. I, I understand. It's under. Like if you just if perhaps she, it could happen. It could happen. The way I envision it is that she just like threw them on real quick. Like she didn't smell fish or anything. And be like, <laughs> where are you guys cooking fish sticks <laughs> out there? Like maybe she just put them on like right before she got into bed. Wasn't even thinking. Yeah. Just Maybe she was together. tired. Maybe she worked hard all day. She laid right down. Passed right out. Didn't realize her, you know, serving up Arby's all night. <laughs> so that's what Ming was up to at 13. That's what he it's did. wild. He's trying to go home. <laughs> back to where back to where he came from. Back up the birth canal. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I think that was his plan? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Ming, buddy, you're not going to fit this time. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> the following year, in 1964, Ming was arrested for setting an apartment building on fire. The judge gave Ming probation and court-ordered counseling sessions. Ming's psychiatrist recommended that he be placed in a mental health facility, to which he was, but Ming refused to participate. By 1965, he wasn't court-ordered to be at a treatment facility anymore, but the psychiatrist appealed to Ming's mother, May, that Ming stay at the facility. He hadn't participated in any meaningful treatment, and he had all the signs of antisocial personality disorder. So he's really checking off the list, like looking in windows, setting fires. He had a real issue with stealing things. Mm. I mean, he had all of it. And it's also worth noting this wasn't like an average mental health facility where there might be like some kind of quality issues. This was the University of Minnesota hospitals. They were actively saying, like, do not let him go back. May refuse. Bad things are going to happen. Yeah. Damn. And May refused and pulled Ming out. And he's still 13, 14. So she can make the yeah. decision for him. Mm -hmm. There's a chance right there to save a someone. Save some lives. Could have helped. Yeah. Are we? Are you blaming the mother at this point in the story for what's to come? No, I think... No, if you're a parent, you know, that's a tough dis dis situation to be put in. Yeah, and he's the man of the house now. He's got responsibilities. He's got to beat the shit out of his brothers. There's yeah. A, I'm just saying, you know, there was a missed opportunity. There usually is. And there's a whole stigma with mental health, especially in cultures like Chinese culture and stuff. It's very frowned upon yeah. to admit anything like that. or Like be, to be lesser than or weak in any way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that probably played a huge role then. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I mean, she already lost a husband. He's supposed to be now with the man of the house, strength, composure, sure. having his shit together, providing for the family. And, you know, they're potentially dealing with this. I understand. Needs him back home. Was he working? Was he bringing any income? Was that part of it? No. Not yet? No. no. He was selling crashless panties. <laughs> <laughs> it's my own design. <laughs> testing him on maybe that he was Custom product made. testing yeah. on mom see? that night that's all he was doing see? he was up there with a flashlight to see how they looked <laughs> if 
you can't test it on mom, it's not market ready. Who can you test it on? <laughs> right. I wonder if it was a really bright flashlight too. Like what woke her up exactly? Blinded, like <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> That's a weird visual. <laughs> like was he getting close? Probably. I mean, he's under the blankets in her bed. She's gonna feel that, right? Yeah. Like something's squirming around in your bed. Yeah. You're gonna wake up and be like, what the fuck are you doing under there? Ming, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> Once Ming was back home, he enrolled at Alexander Ramsey High School that fall. The first class Ming had was algebra, taught by Mary Stauffer. At the time, Mary was 22 years old, and this was her first year teaching. The year before, Mary had married her high school sweetheart, Irving Stauffer, and graduated from college. Who was uh, Alexander Ramsey that the high school was named after? I was thinking that same exact thing when oh, you read it. Glad you asked. He was the first Minnesota Territory's governor and later a U.S. senator from Minnesota. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't ask, but thank you for that knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> it's like pop-up video, yeah. pop-up podcast. Yeah. With some, uh, I mean, he had to be someone. He had a fucking high school name after him. Yeah. That's what I thought. First territorial so governor and then a future senator from the state of Minnesota, yeah. did you say? Yeah. It's like before it was a state. He was the second governor of Minnesota after it was actually a state, but the first territories governor. All right. And then a senator. And then like secretary of state or something. Like he was a, he was a to-do. Good for you, Alexander Ramsey. Yeah. Got a bunch of schools named after you. A bunch of them? Just that one? I think a couple... Middle schools, a couple other things named after him in the great state of Minnesota. That's cool. Yeah. Learn we something every day. We celebrate you, Mr. Ramsey. <laughs> You're the only highlight of this entire fucking story. <laughs> Ming sat in the back of class and never had a real one-on-one -on -one conversation with Mary. It was always just something high, you know, when she's passing out tests, things like that. While Ming was still abusing his younger brothers at home, he was able to put on a completely different persona in school. Ming got street <clears throat> Ming got straight A's and flew completely under the radar. So when he had an obsession with Mary Stauffer building, no one would have any idea. He's just non existent. Blended in, quiet kid, never stood out. Were there a lot of uh Asian people in Minnesota? Would he have stood out? Insofar as being an immigrant? I don't know. I don't either. Psychologist Eileen Bridgman wrote at length about this case, and she pointed out several things about Ming's growing obsession with Mary, that there were a lot of similarities between Mary Stauffer and Ming's mother, May. Both women were math teachers. They were both really plain. They didn't wear makeup or jewelry, and they had the same initials. Ah. She, yeah, she pointed out that he seem to figure out that wanting to bang your mom was inappropriate. So he shifted onto somebody that was kind of like his mom. Okay. Mm. That makes sense. So I wonder if he would have had a male algebra teacher. I guess this just would have got kicked down the road to the next sort of plane. He would have found Jane, someone else. Someone he came across. I think so. Either so that or he would have been a future serial killer or something. He, had, he was going to do something oh, eventually. Yeah. yeah. Ming the Merciless. Of course he was. <laughs> I looked at 
That's so, from Flash Gordon. Do you remember Ming the Merciless? No. Oh. <laughs> that was the villain, Flash Gordon. I thought you were just nicknaming this guy. I was like, oh, well, I am now. That's not bad. It's not original. <laughs> so when I was reading this, I was like, oh, okay. Like, he's got, like, you know, the hots for his teacher. I'm going to look this chick up. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just a very average looking yeah, woman, yeah. like nothing out of the ordinary that you would be like, oh, I, I get it. Just a very like plain Jane. What we say, plain Jane, no makeup, no frills, no thrills, no anything else. But he not one it. you would expect a student to become fixated on. Certainly not. Yeah, not stereotypically, no. Or yeah. Which whatever I think leads then credence to again the fact that it can't be mom, so it's. This lady, that was the maybe the attraction. Yeah, because that it, makes sense. It wasn't necessarily just like looking at this woman, like oh, she's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Mm. It's just oh, this is this is my substitute for mom. Yeah, I wonder if her cooter looks like mom's, and someday I'm gonna cut the crotch out of her yeah. panties and find out. <laughs> I have pictures. I will compare. <laughs> In 1968, Mary's husband started working with a missionary project in the Philippines, and Mary moved out there with him. Ming was really angry about this, not bummed out or anything. He was angry that he was losing Mary. I bet he was. <laughs> Looking at her and fantasizing about her sexually had become an all-day thing for him. And it wasn't just being able to look at Mary. Knowing that he was in the same building as her was just as important to him. However, Ming was able to keep this all to himself, and he graduated high school in 1969 at the top of his class. Good for him. Was he valedictorian? Did he give a speech? I don't know if he gave a speech, but he was up there. Magna cum loudly all over my mom's crotch. <laughs> 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 Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, this isn't like just a sexual fantasy, like thinking about someone that you find attractive and like jerking off or something. This is like oh, <laughs> obsessing all day, every day about just wanting to control this person. Mm. And she's not even there anymore. She's gone. Yeah. She's by gone. This point. It really is hard to wrap your head around an obsession like that. Like, I feel like even if it was your teacher and you might've had like a crush on her, once she's like out of sight, she starts to become out of mind a little bit, right? Like you kind of move on with your life. You get over and it. Normal you move on. people, sure. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you find another attraction or whatever, yeah. or you know, Britney Spears releases a new video and you're over everything that's ever troubled you in life. <laughs> <laughs> not for him. Apparently not. Not interested at all in girls his own age or anything of the <laughs> sort. No one but Mary Stoffer. It's like he imprinted on her, right? Like Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> That's, uh, wait, 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 don't tell me. That's just, Twilight. That's Twilight, right? Yeah, we just talked about this a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> um, Jacob was the werewolf, and he thought he was imprinting, what'd you say, imprinting? Imprinting. Or imprinting on Kristen Stewart, but it was really her egg yeah, like that he imprinted it got, on. It was it was like it's weird a and rapey. To, a little bit it just happens though, because it was like it. it was like Team Edward or Team Jacob, <laughs> and she ended up with Team Edward. Yeah, but and Jacob thought he loved her, but it wasn't her. It was her fucking child. That's true. Hmm. 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 Well, I'm glad I'm not the pervert who watched that shit because that's fucking weird. That's <laughs> fucking weird. <laughs> it is weird. 
was a bit of a left turn in the in the story, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> like, wait, what now? Yeah. He protected her, though. It worked <laughs> out in the end. Mm. Mm. Harry Potter or Twilight, Dave? Oh, Harry Potter. All right. That's what I thought you would say. Harry Potter. But you guys sure. are basing that on the movies. You haven't read the books of either, correct? Are there Twilight books? Or oh, is yeah. it just movies? Yeah, they started out as books. That's what I thought. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure. Did I read a Twilight book? I might have. I didn't. Did you read all the Harry Potters, too? No. Some of them. No. Well, I no, thought you read no, a couple no, of those. No. no? Hmm. Don't you think you would enjoy them, then, if you liked the movie so much? Maybe. It always just seemed like a lot. A lot of characters to remember. It seemed like it would hurt my brain. You just want to look at the faces. Yeah. I get so that. It's a lot easier. I get it. All right. That's all. I do like those series books, though. I read The Hunger Games. Only the first yeah. one, though. I try to read in the second one. It's kind of silly. You've seen the movies, though? Yes. And they're good? I actually watched a prequel over break. There's a new, a new one. one. Yeah, it was good. Isn't, is that the Jennifer Lawrence movies? Is yes. She in, but she's not in the prequel. No. It was good? It was, uh, I thought it was good, yeah. How's that Jack Reacher turning out for you? You were excited about that, too. I don't know if we talked about that on the show. It's okay. But. A lot of changes from the book. It's it's a little hokey. I like it. It's good stuff. There seems to be a hokey aspect to it that maybe not dark enough. Can't really place it. Did you get into that Jack Reacher stuff? Mm-hmm. No. You know him and Jasper Jared love that. That's true. Still went for that Iron Claw. I still keep getting videos popping up on my Instagram for that movie. I cannot fucking wait. I almost went over Christmas break two different times <laughs> to a 10.30 p.m. showing of it <laughs> and just couldn't do it. Didn't, you know, for whatever reason, couldn't make it. I want to see that so bad. Do they still do where you can rent out an entire movie theater? Like during COVID, they started doing that. You I could, don't think they do that anymore. You could rent out for a couple hundred bucks the whole theater. I'll do that. Wouldn't that be something? Yeah, that'd be great. <clears throat> We could just sit on opposite corners of the theater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, by the way, if I'm renting a theater out, I'm bringing my own cooler in also. Oh, yeah. Like, I've rented this theater. <laughs> I'm bringing in a cooler of beer. <laughs> I'm just going to roll them down when I'm done. That's what I used to do in high school. Roll 40s <laughs> so they, down yeah. underneath. You see that? Clink, 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 clink. That was the funniest shit in the world. <laughs> Ruin everyone else's experience. It's karma, Dave. It's really karma. I know. It came back to get you. I am uh, very aware of that, yes. <laughs> so now, you know, you're a podcast star. Just rent your own fucking theater. <laughs> no one's going to ruin that shit. All right, anyway, sorry. That was my derail. After high school, Ming enrolled at the University of Minnesota, but he didn't do well. The pulling the wool over everyone's eyes, that worked really well in high school. But once he got to college, he found that it wasn't as easy to do that in the real world or just to manipulate his way through situations. He failed a calculus test and immediately turned around and dropped out of college. Calculus is hard, man. Hey, I the furthest I got in high school was geometry. So Okay. Yeah, I'm not good at math. Calculus is a little too much. I don't even I couldn't even tell you a single thing about calculus. So <laughs> I know my calculus. It says you plus me equals us. <laughs> I think that was one of those MTV movies. <laughs> Sounds familiar. It's one of those calculus. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's all I know. 90s. When that, when people say calculus, that is what I think of. <laughs> so that shows you where my brain goes. <laughs> yes, it does. Yep. <laughs> 
There are some things I am very smart on when it comes to math. I am not an intelligent person. I am not good with numbers. Everyone isn't. Ming moved back in with his mother and younger brothers. And from there, he saved up money to start an electronics repair company called Sound Equipment Services Incorporated. Once he got it up and running, everyone said the same thing about Ming. He was quiet, kept to himself, but he was always respectful towards customers and the people he employed. They also all noted that Ming never pursued any romantic relationships. They could never figure out why. He's at home pining away. You think about someone obsessed like that, you just you picture like Nicholson in The Shining just typing, yeah. you know, when she finds his he's day after day typing the same sentence. Was it all work and no play, whatever it was? Makes Jack a doll boy. Yeah, yeah. Over and over and over. It really is hard to wrap your mind around, like you said, being that obsessed with something, yeah. just anything, not even a person, just being that obsessed with one thing. See Megan the Stallion on New Year's Eve? <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> I'm not sitting here thinking about her all day, though. You're not writing weird things. Like We're going to start talking well, we, about that. <laughs> we don't know that. That's true. No, no, you don't. We don't know what the fuck he's got going on over there. <laughs> Behind the scenes, Ming had created a very elaborate and very dark fantasy world revolving around Mary Stauffer as well as other motherly fictional characters. Uh, he was real big on the mom from the Brady Bunch. Yeah, fun is fun, but you know you can carry joking too far. Somebody could end up getting hurt. You tell him, Carol Brady, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Somebody could get hurt. Probably going to be her when I dick her down. <laughs> Who, Marsha? Or no? No, the mo- uh, Carol Brady. Carol. Mike's a Jan guy, I think. Which one was Jan? The middle one. I don't really remember what they looked like. Maybe Cindy. He's probably a Cindy guy. A little pervert. <laughs> Cindy was pretty young. Yeah, she was a little kid, right? <laughs> was Marsha the oldest one? Yeah. She was always hot. She's still oh, hot. Yeah, She's sure. still a good looking lady. She is. Mm-hmm. I don't know what uh, the other ones look like anymore. Cindy did porn or something, didn't she? I don't <laughs> Do you misremember that? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> that was out well before I was born. It, hmm, I don't really remember all that. Let the fact check that. We'll, we'll, cut, it out. we'll cut it out if it wasn't real. So I want to know Cindy Brady did porn. I had it for Alice. Yeah. The maid. Yeah. yeah. Give me that. <laughs> Because she make you a sandwich afterwards. Yeah, that yeah, outfit. Yeah. Come on. Clean the room, make yeah. you a sandwich. Just this. <laughs> and then boom. Turkey sandwich. Delicious. Come on. Alice would work for it. Yeah. See, what did her boy? She get married to Sam the Butcher, right? So you got all kinds of fresh cuts of beef. Great. Best of both worlds. Same. It all works out. I agree. That's I I like old classic <laughs> TV shows. I never got into the Brady Bunch. It's not that good. Yeah. It's dumb. It's corny. It's just yeah. cheesy. Yeah, I'm not watching like, that. Let's end every episode <laughs> with like a heartfelt like talk about like, here's how you should be better in life. Yeah, not good. Yeah, if I'm getting life lessons from TV, it's going to be like Full House. Or exactly. Something. I'm going to yeah. get it from Danny Tanner. Yeah. Because Bob Saget works hard and he fucking plays hard. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yes, he did. We'll <laughs> leave it at that. Ming would write stories about these women mostly Mary, and they would involve very graphic rape and torture. 
But Ming would always end up being the hero. Even though he was kidnapping and raping these women in his stories, they eventually would fall in love with him and realize that Ming had saved them from this very unhappy life with their husband, with their husbands who they were miserable with. And oh, Ming. <laughs> He's just Such doing a silly goose. <laughs> oh, you raped some sense into me. Jeez. You're my hero. Yeah, that's pretty much how his stories ended. Mm-hmm. Every one of them. <laughs> well, hopefully, he published these stories later on and we can get a look at them. Bonus episode uh, yeah. Necro Paranormal Erotica. <laughs> that would be so fucked. <laughs> now we'll read the journals of Ming the Merciless. <laughs> In 1972, Ming had turned 22 years old, and his mother remarried and moved to Virginia, taking the youngest sibling, Ron, with her. The middle brother, Charles, was 19 at the time, and he stayed behind to live in the house with Ming. Charles was old enough to defend himself against Ming, and Ming knew that, so the abuse stopped. But it wasn't like that there were any apologies made. They just acted like each other didn't exist. There was... And upstairs to the house and then the downstairs was like an apartment and it had its own entrance charles said and charles was down in the bottom um so he said that they never spoke a word to each other he rarely even saw me it was like they were living in an apartment building and we were just acquaintances mm. did the family find him odd at this point is there anything to his mom moving far away to get away from him or there's a story we'll talk about when she comes out to visit him I was holding on to it okay. in my head. We'll talk about it later. Okay. Because he gets he gets weird again trying right. to like get in bed with mom. <laughs> Ming, I'm married now. <laughs> it's no longer appropriate. <laughs> That's why it's not appropriate. <laughs> She's married. <laughs> you know, we can only do an hour episode on this or a little over an hour, whatever. So it kind of gets missed on on some of this, I think the time, how the timeline goes. But at this point in the story, he had spent seven years obsessing over Mary Stauffer all day, every day, writing these graphic, violent stories about her. And at that point, he finally decided that he wanted to see her in person. Mig did some investigating and found an Irving Stauffer who lived in Duluth, Minnesota. On July 4th, 1972, Ming went to the address and broke into the home. Once inside, Ming didn't find Mary Stauffer. He found an elderly couple sleeping in their bed. Are they fucking? <laughs> Not clear. Okay. Not confirmed. Got it. Could have been sleeping. But well, old people fuck too. It's 4th of July. You're going to be making some fireworks, right? <laughs> you celebrate America. Hey, that's how I celebrate. Banging old ladies. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> They've seen more Fourth of Julys than anybody. That's that's true. <laughs> your logic is uh, undeniable. <laughs> you to give her your Roman candle. Celebrate America. Let's do it. <laughs> Blasting some Bruce Springsteen, born in the USA. Grandpa <laughs> cucks in the corner. Well, not my fault. His dick's broke. <laughs> Ming pulled out a gun and asked them who they were. The man said his name was Irving Stauffer, and Ming got super pissed. He pulled out a picture of Mary with her husband, Irving, and was like, who is this in the picture? If you say that you're Irving Stauffer, who is this? For a smart guy, that's not a very smart move. Mm -mm. This guy being held at gunpoint in his bed 
said, yeah, my name is Irving Stauffer. I'm Irving Sr. That is my son in the picture with his wife. Ming asked where they were, and Irving Sr. told them that they were still in the Philippines. Ming left and threatened that if they called the police, he would come back and kill them. At that point, Ming went home and went back to his life of being completely alone and fantasizing about Mary. So the way you said that, is this actually Irving's dad? Mm -hmm. Or did he just go with the flow and be like, oh, no, no, that's my son, Irving Jr.? No, that is for real his okay. dad, yeah. Did dad let them know afterwards? So they're, they're really willy-nilly about, about this. The, all of this. They're very, mm. uh, I think we talk about it at the end of this episode, I believe. I don't think we'd get into that. Okay, so we, we start talking on part. Because I had questions as well. Like, well, was this ever reported? Yeah, in part two, we talk about, we'll expand on it some more. But yeah, they are really, um, they just don't take it serious. They don't really act on this or put two and two together. A it's, man breaks into their house in the middle of the night, holding him at gunpoint. And they're like, nah, honest mistake. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it wasn't us. Especially when it's your kid he's looking for. Yeah. Like, what the fuck, dude? Hmm. Or even, and it's getting ahead, but even when, you know, Mary gets kidnapped and things, to not put two and two together, I find it odd. To not be like, oh, she was kidnapped. This guy broke into our house all these years. <laughs> asking yeah. for them. Right, and held us at gunpoint asking about her. It was years later, which we'll get to. Yeah, I mean, some years but, had but passed. But still, you don't forget that. That's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Like, you that's don't a rare thing. waking up being held at gunpoint, right? Like, I think that sticks with you. A Chinese man breaking in your house and putting a gun to your head in the middle of the night? Yeah, I think that would stick with you. Showing you a picture of your kid and his wife. Demanding <laughs> yeah. to know where they are. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Ask some questions. Like, I would be trying to kill this person just in case. Right? Might be getting too far ahead, but... There's a lot of let go and let God happening in this story. No. A lot of like... That sounds like a mistake. A lot of this putting hands up and like God will sort this out. Okay. Say no more, Ian. Say no more. <laughs> Today's show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Well, 2024 is upon us and resolutions and fresh goals are aplenty. While everyone is trying to improve or better themselves... Have you ever given any thought to areas where you're already thriving? What are some things you don't want to change in your life this year? Maybe it's time to stop thinking new year, new me, because you're probably pretty great just as you are. Around New Year's, we tend to get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organized a few rooms in your home, and now it's time to tackle other rooms. Or maybe you take supplements every morning, and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy can help you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes in your life that really stick. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself, and when you start walking around with that extra confidence, that extra swag, nothing can hold you back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime at no additional charge. It's time to start celebrating the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com Necro today and get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Necro. 
All right, just a little mid-show update here. Cindy <laughs> Brady did not actually star in porn. She had a synthesizer, and her friend gave her 50 bucks, and she provided sound effects for Love Probe from a Warm Planet. Mm. So she did so the music for She porn. did the music for a porn. It counts. She did a porn, right? I think she's in the industry then. That just Her name's Susan Olson. Susan Olson. Okay. Porn sound effects mm. extraordinaire. What was uh Marsha Brady's name? She's still around and stuff. What's her name? Maury McCormick. Yes. But then are the other the middle sister, is she still in stuff? Eve Plum, I'm not I don't sure. Know. He knows all of them. Pulled that right <laughs> out of my ass, didn't I? <laughs> <He> really did. <laughs> all right. I remember wasn't there a reality show with Peter Brady? Where he was with that hot model. Mm-hmm. That sounds that? right. It was um, surreal life. Adrian, Adrian on VH1, Curry, something like that. Yeah, that, yeah, that was the era it's, when VH1 had all those ridiculous, like the shows. Rock of Love with Brett Michaels. Yeah, and then Flavor of Love <laughs> with Flavor Flavor. <laughs> <was> so dumb. <laughs> was Peter Brady the oldest son on the show? Middle, middle son. Yes. Okay. Yeah, VH1 had like a whole. Then the surreal life, that's the one that like China was on. Yeah. Mm. With like when like X Pac came on, it looked like a piece of shit. Yeah. Uh, Vanilla Ice was on some of those. Ron Jeremy, yeah. friend of the show. Not anymore. Friend of Dave's show with his sushi <laughs> parties. <laughs> Marsha was on some of those shows too. She had a really hard time with alcoholism, really? I think. I'm I think she was sure. on one of like Dr. Mm. Drew's okay. shows. That's right. The Dr. Drew had the celebrity rehab. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she was on one of those. I liked that one. I watched that one, but I don't remember who was on it. VH1 for like two years was like good stuff. It was entertaining for sure. Well, it was shit, I don't know if but I'd it was good, it good stuff. stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was trash TV. I did but, not watch it. But they definitely, they definitely had a hold on me for whatever they were doing. I watched all that stuff. Does VH1 even exist anymore? I honestly don't know. I have no idea. It's not on YouTube TV, is it? I I don't know. I don't ever see it. Mm-mm. Was VH1 the one that the ones that did behind the music or whatever that show was? Yeah, that was yeah. a good show. That was really good. All right. So, didn't want to cast false aspersions on. Uh, no, okay. She Susan did a porn. Olsen. She did a porn, just musically. Yes. Guilty by association. She did a porn. <laughs> <laughs> So two years after Ming broke in the house of Irving Stauffer's father, he got a hold of a VHS movie in 1974 called The Teacher. Mm, this movie sounds good. I'm going to watch it, I think. Yeah? Yeah. I'll do a brief plot brief. line here. There's <laughs> four paragraphs I'm about to read. <clears throat> it's summer, and obsessed Ralph Gordon stalks a high school teacher, 28-year-old Diane Marshall. He watches her from an old warehouse while she is relaxing in her swimsuit on one of the boats. One of Diane's students, 18-year-old Sean Roberts, and Ralph's younger brother, Lou, also watch her strip naked and exercise. An angry Ralph yells at them, brandishing a bayonet. Shocked at this, Lou falls over the railing to his death, for which Ralph falsely blames Sean. 
I didn't do fucking shit. <laughs> Actual clip from the movie. <laughs> What's with the bayonet? Who's running around with a bayonet? I gotta watch this movie. Bayonet. Later that night, Ralph confronts Sean again, threatening to cut the boy's tongue out should he reveal anything. The sheriff questions Sean, who lies due to seeing Ralph eyeing him. The next day, Sean meets with Diane, who invites him to have tea. Diane reveals that she knows about Ralph stalking her. On their way home, Sean and her see Ralph watching them. Diane invites Sean into her house for a drink. This soon escalates into a moment of passionate lovemaking while Ralph, unknown to them, watches jealously. Yeah. <laughs> so you think that's what that's what grips Ming, right? Like this guy is now fucking a teacher. Yeah. Just happened to have one drink with her, yep. a few drinks, and now boom. Well, he's, he's more Ralph though. Yeah, Ming that's why I yeah, put the stalker, <laughs> but but He's all of the parts, I think. Yeah. yeah. Sees himself a little bit of an, an I everyone. think so. That's why I put this full plot thing in here, because he focuses on this movie. It's like, this takes over. Mm. He watches this movie all day I can see that. And yeah. shit, and pretty much starts writing the stories in his journal, like, replacing him as mm. these other parts. Like, he's really living this movie kind of thing. Diane invites Sean to her boat the next day. Ralph arrives and threatens Sean with a handheld harpoon. No, he's got a harpoon. Hey. A bayonet and a harpoon. <laughs> it's a boat movie, pal. <laughs> However, upon seeing Diane, he flees. Diane later asks Sean to dinner, after which Ralph again threatens him with a bayonet. Diane tells Sean's parents about Ralph's threats. The next day, Sean drives Diane home and they have a pool party together, then make love. Yeah. Diana receives a phone call from her drifter husband telling her that he's coming back, but Diane tells him she's divorcing him. Get lost, loser. I'm See, fucking Sean now. There's the loser <laughs> husband that Ming associates all this with. Sure. I don't know how Ralph plays into this and Sean, but... As Sean gets into his van to drive home, he's held at bayonet point by Ralph in order to drive to the warehouse. <laughs> Sean manages to get away and arms himself with a rifle, but Ralph reveals that the gun is loaded with blanks. Ralph gets him in a chokehold, which ends up killing him. What? Diane arrives on the scene where Ralph tells her that he killed Sean so he can be with her. A horrified Diane pleads tearfully with him. Ralph, overcome with anger and jealousy at Diane's love for Sean over himself, tries to strangle her. Diane manages to stab him with his own bayonet and flees crying, leaving Ralph to bleed to death. Diane finds Sean's body, breaks down, and weeps. Oh, man. I want to know who played these roles. So the, the actress that plays Diane is named Angel Tompkins. She was in Playboy and stuff, so you can look her up and look at her boobies. USA, USA, USA. Angel what? Tompkins? Angel Tompkins. Okay, put that in the wank bank for later. <laughs> I'm going to watch this movie in between uh, before we do it part two. It sounds comically good. It does. I want to see this harpoon. A harpoon. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how these guys get fixated on things like this. Mm -hmm. Like Leonard Lake got a hold of that collector. I think it was called The Collector. That book that he had. 
Mm, I don't remember. And that's where he got the idea for his that bunker where he would hold his uh, M lady. Some yeah. mentally deranged individuals. Yeah, you can never tell what's going to set people off. Like yeah. I said earlier, that someone may be home doing this, you know, thinking about you. And then a movie comes out about something that triggers yeah. uh, triggers them and accepts it all in motion. A lot of scary people out there. Stay in your house. Don't ever talk to anybody. And close your fucking blinds and you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. You should close your blinds. <laughs> Do that. Stay at home. Drink some whiskey. Go to bed. Sounds like a good day to me. If you're hungry, make a frozen pizza. That's all you need. <laughs> what more is there in this life? Not much more, really. It's a pretty good life. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the same year that Ming got a hold of this movie, his brother Charles got married and moved out. So Ming's going to be in the house alone for five years. Um What's he doing in there? Doing this shit about Mary Stockford. Writing stories. <laughs> yeah. That's all he's doing is writing stories. Eating lunchable pizzas. Maybe. Is the company still running? He's earning money? The company's mm-hmm. doing well? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll see. When he he keeps that company this whole time, up mm-hmm. until the very end, Okay. his mom came to visit during the in that five in this five-year stretch. Oh, that was nice of her. And so... Ming tried to crawl into bed with her again. And, Jesus Christ. Yeah, and she yelled at him to get out. And that's the last time she ever came out to visit him because mm. he started getting real weird. Yeah, I bet. Trying to lay in bed with her and stuff. She's like, hey, you're in your 20s. Like, you can't do this. <laughs> uh, Mom, did you pack your crunchless panties when you came to visit As he's like, like just clicking the scissors together. Like, eh, I can help you if you need it. Leave the husband, bring the panties. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, just sitting there for five years, just living this life, obsessing. It's just, it's it's crazy. You can't really even wrap your head around it. You can. It's hard to imagine yourself just doing that. Fast forward to May of 1979. Ming saw an announcement in the town's weekly newspaper that the Stoffers were moving back from the Philippines. Hey, nobody wrote about me when I moved back to town. (laughs) True. It is true. Bullshit. This was like they were writing about their accomplishments, like all the good shit that they did in well, the Philippines. That's probably why. <laughs> hmm. All those orphans they <laughs> saved in their missionary position. But don't those people regret it now, Dave? Five years later, look at you. See? Podcast yeah, superstar. That's right. Build a statue to me now. Town Square. Motherfuckers! <laughs> By this time, the Stoffers had two kids. And they would be moving into an apartment on Bethel University campus, which was less than five miles away from where Ming's house was. Score. He's like, yeah. He just hit that like $100 on prices right. (laughs) $1 on prices right. (laughs) This was, like I said, this was a write up about all the good work that they had done in the Philippines. No one knew that Ming would read this and be like, finally, she's back and I can expand on this i've been waiting for all these years no we would ever think that he might not have ever known if not for the news yeah this wasn't like a social media day like he's not stalking her on like a facebook or something he's literally just living life for five years without any knowledge about her he's not getting daily posts or updates just writing his little fictional stories Mm. and then the, the newspaper 
essentially hands him this gift. On like platter. Guess who's coming back to town? Did Irv Sr. mention this to his daughter-in-law by any chance? The fuck he didn't. Someone put a gun <laughs> to his head in the middle of the night? I'm starting to think he didn't, Dave. I don't know part two of the story, <laughs> but I'm willing to bet he did not. By the way, I know you're back from the Philippines, but while you were gone, this thing hey, happened. <laughs> it might have come up. It, mm. it might have come up over dinner. Maybe over turkey dinner Thanksgiving. You mm. might want to mention it. Maybe when Irving Jr. and Mary showed back up and had dinner with his parents, they brought a pizza that was just not cooked. And they were like, oh, fuck them. Let them whatever happens, happens. <laughs> and it was just, you know, one of those Ohio Valley pies. And they're like, well, whatever happens to them, it's in God's them hands off now. so bad. Yeah. Okay. You can come into my house with that uncooked Lunchable, <laughs> this big Lunchable. Hmm. That's one angle, I guess. It is an angle that could have happened. <laughs> Dave, if someone brought that to your house, how would you react? I'd probably kill him myself. <laughs> See? <laughs> I don't think a jury would convict you. Bring that blasphemous fucking pizza pie <laughs> into my house. <laughs> <laughs> the Stoffers held an event at Bethel University to discuss their missionary work. During this event, Ming was in the audience, and he was fixated on Mary the whole time. He was seen a lot around the Bethel University grounds, and he waited in parking areas while Mary was busy with just doing her day-to-day -day life, and he's just you know watching her. Ming would attend the same church services as the Stoffers and sit behind Mary, but just staying out of her sight, not directly behind her, just like a couple rows back. Which is so crazy. Like, mm. think of the balls of that. Like, if she notices you one time, it's kind of all blown up, right? Like, you can't... I don't think she knows who he is. He was just a... Uh... But even if she sees you a couple times in different spots, like, if she sees you in church, fine. But then she also happens to notice you sitting in your car outside the supermarket. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like, most people aren't observant like that. It's risky, though. He's I, not, he's I not agree. a trained surveillance agent for the I CIA. Think, you know. I, I agree people aren't observant, but I still think that's very risky. Especially, like, in a church when you're kind of a little bit more observant as opposed to, like, walking through, like, a grocery store parking lot or something. Yeah. Sure. This went on up until March of 1980 on a Sunday. Ming followed the Stoffers to their church, and there they shared their plans to go back to the Philippines for missionary work and stay there for the next four years. What, what, what? <laughs> Ming panicked. And <laughs> I he, bet he did. He hurried back to his house and started clearing out a closet in his bedroom, took out some boxes and clothing, threw in a blanket and a couple throw pillows, and he was going to stop Mary from leaving the country oh, again. Oh, man. So this was like his breaking point. He's like, no yeah. fucking way. I let her go before. Not going to happen again. Something wrong here. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, they only came back for like a year, huh? Also, yeah. kudos to them. Like, I'm not doing that shit. Yeah. Like, not even a year. And they're like, oh, we're going to go back. Let's go back. Save some more souls. Mm. Yeah, good for them. I, yeah. Know, I'm not doing that. Yeah, I don't have that in me. You give some money to something like that, but not actually. Oh, I'll, go. I'll fund an event. I'll pay for it. I'm not, I'm not going to pack a bag and go. No. I'll donate. You want some canned goods? I'm good for some canned goods. <laughs> well, who knows what they were doing over there? I'm not going to heap praise on them, you know. 
A lot of missionary work. I'm just saying I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to yeah. do it. There's some questionable techniques. In, yeah. In that, yeah. Maybe they don't need Jesus. Maybe just stay home and they'll be okay. In their minds, they were doing what they thought was good. Yes? Yes. They didn't have ill intentions, probably. No, no but that doesn't mean anything. Well, I think that makes a little bit of a difference. Well, that's like that. Remember that guy a couple years ago that went to one of the only remote tribes that are still out there that like don't have any contact yeah. trying to get didn't them. we fucking do that show i think so didn't or no the that was michael Rock. that was michael Rockefeller. Rock. yeah but recently like a recent guy like within oh, the past like, like two to, or like, three spread years like christianity or mm-hmm. something yeah and they killed him as soon as he got onto the shore <laughs> of course they did because they thought he like they've never seen any yeah buddy before fuck around and find out yeah. white devil goodbye yeah, they're like, but they're probably like, what the, this fucking see, that, demon just came right? out of the ocean. Like right? that stuff, like, <laughs> unless he was just like ignorant, like if if you're that over arrogant about it, like, oh, I can go fix these people. Well, and you got you you might have gotten what you deserved. Yes, like you're you're not just gonna go over there and just be like a savior. That's not who you are. No. Nope. Oh no, that guy so, got what he deserved. Oh, yeah. But he had but, no but, business going there either. He but, snuck and did that. I mean, there was like a whole thing about. So that. his mind, he knew what he was getting into. It's a prohibited like, area. If yeah. I remember yeah. Correctly, okay. Like everyone. That's knew. what I was yeah. just saying. Like I didn't know the story. Like was he just like, oh, these people are in need, and I, I did, he didn't know what the situation was. Nah, he's an asshole. He yeah. thought he knew better than everyone else. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, fuck, fuck around him. and find out. Fuck him. Yeah. yeah. What do you think's gonna happen when you show up and these people think you're a predator? I'll fucking fuck kill you. Fuck him. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. I couldn't have it better myself. <laughs> On May 5th, 1980, Ming entered the Bethel campus and made his way to the Stauffer's apartment. He broke a glass patio door on the ground floor with a blowtorch. The noise woke up the neighbors who came out to check, which resulted in Ming running away. Why do you need a blowtorch to break a glass patio door? Seems like I was really thinking the loud. same thing. Like, <laughs> can you find a louder really way weird. to get into a fucking a house? Blowtorch? Jesus Christ. <laughs> a blowtorch and then glass shattering. And then Jackass. Like, oh, no one's going to notice? Hmm. It's really odd. But whatever. Who am I to berate your tools of the trade if you're a breaking in? I, that just seems absurd. It does. <laughs> like, why don't you take a baseball bat and bang on every fucking window <laughs> around the complex before you dive into this house just to alert everyone? You're fucking making so much noise. Nine days later, on May 14th, he tried another break-in. This time he succeeded in entering the building, and he was even able to tamper with the motion sensor lights in the hallway. But again, he was forced to run away when neighbors noticed him. Despite these incidents, and the Stoffers were told by people, they didn't seem overly concerned. Mary, in a conversation with a friend, joked that they had nothing worth stealing, so they could break in if they want to. Did the neighbors nope. know they, that he was specifically targeting them, like even with the blowtorch and the glass? I mean, I guess the glass broke in their own apartment, right? And then the, he came back. There were cl- like, was yeah. it clear that they were the intended victims yes. of this guy? Mm-hmm. And they're just like, oh, ha, ha. yeah, like, well, I don't want to have any enemies. There's nothing in here worth stealing, so I guess you'd come in and tr- you know, mm. wow, hell of an outlook. Okay, like, even if I had nothing, if my back window is blown out and then they said the same guy's coming back, 
I'm be a little concerned. It's, a little bit. We got we got two little kids. Come on. Especially that. I'm, I'm even thinking, like, even if I'm a single guy living in an apartment, yeah. I'm concerned, let alone a family to worry about. Yeah. I have nothing to steal. How about your fucking kids? What also, where the fuck about? is Irving Sr., by the way? He's banging that old lady wife. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that guy? Honest mistake. <laughs> Honest mistake. <laughs> in the wrong house. Yeah. There, there's a lot of God will protect us type thing yeah. going on. From even Mary. Yes, the stoffers. That's the that seems to be the the outlook. Let go, and let God. Pretty much, just hands off the wheel. God's taking us wherever we're going. I'm so if someone wants to break in, they can break in and take my shit. They're not going to get much because we already give it all back. So. Mm. Very curious to see how that plays out. Ming broke in a third time, and this time he got through to a utility area beneath the Stauffer's apartment. He found a spot in the basement right under one of the kids' beds, and he cut a hole in the ceiling. This allowed him to eavesdrop on conversations between Mary and her husband. So through that, he found out where Mary would be going, and on May 16, 1980, around 3.45 p.m., Mary left her apartment with her 8-year-old daughter, Beth, to go to a hair salon. Ming followed their car in his van. After Mary and Beth went into the salon, he drove a few blocks away and left the car near a park. He was also wearing all black, and he had a black leather coat on, and it was warm. So mm. he did stand out. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that later on in the story. But yeah, he's decked out in all black, and people will be like, "Fucking weirdo, wearing all black and leather coat." That's for a nighttime abduction, friend. <laughs> In the middle of the day. <laughs> First wrong in, outfit. <laughs> intelligent as he is, he's very socially inept. Like, like, like that book smart, but no common sense kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Crime's not his game. Yeah. You're trying to like, like showing up to your the parents' house and showing them a photograph, <laughs> like clearly giving away who you're going after, and then just leaving. Hey Irving Sr. Look at this phone. <laughs> well, if he would have sang that, he'd have been fine. No jury would convict him on that one. Tell me where this Mary's at. <laughs> <laughs> so Ming had a gun in his waist and he made his way back to the salon on foot. At 4.30 p.m., Mary and Beth walked out of the salon and headed towards the parking lot. Ming had been hiding in a nearby ditch, jumped out. Initially, Mary mistook him for a homeless person, but she realized, you know, after kind of, you know, processing things, that he, she realized that Bing was holding a gun. But then he shifted pretty quick and pointed it at Mary's daughter, Beth, and demanded a ride, which I think that's calculated. Like, point the gun at the kid and she'll do whatever you course. say. Of course, of course. No. <laughs> Don't you dare bring Goofy into this one. <laughs> Mary complied and Ming directed her to the driver's seat and led Beth into the passenger seat and positioned himself next to Beth, still with the gun aimed at her. Mary has no idea who he is. And it starts real quick to be like, this isn't the fantasy that I anticipated this to be. Uh, She's like, I have no fucking idea who you are. Is that was, do you remember me type stuff? Not as in depth as we're going to get into, mm -hmm. but even in this moment, in the very beginning, driving around, he's p 
pissed and it's kind of ruining the fantasy a bit mm. that she doesn't know who he is right away. He thought she would just fall for him instantly. Or just be like, oh, God, Ming, you know. What are you doing Where have you here? been? Yeah, where have you... Hmm. Or why are you doing... Like, in his fantasy, she would be terrified and then he would have to rape and beat her into realizing. Uh, but he would... She would know it's him. She would all. know who he was. Yeah. Right. Meanwhile, he's an irrelevant student from how many years ago yeah. and sat in the back of the class, got good grades, made no fuss and moved on. When you sit there thinking about her all day, every day for a decade, you know, that's the impression you're going to get. Of course, she's going to recognize me. It's all he thinks about. Yeah. Mm. But like we, we, we said earlier though, like he sat in the back of the class. He didn't talk. He wasn't much of a, anything and just got good grades. Like he didn't stand out. as like a poor student. He was just yeah. a really good student. Got through. You waited too long. You should have sh- shot your shot, you know, in high school. There's a lot of uh, young teachers that would just dig down some uh, students uh, from what I read in the no. news. <laughs> None of mine. None of no, mine. No, no. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I'm upset. The other thing, uh, her daughter wasn't supposed to be there. That was an accident. That was a miscalculation on Ming's part. Ah. Uh, he, he did not anticipate that, yeah. But he saw them walk into the salon. So why would he... So he never admitted a lot of stuff, so you got to speculate on things. Maybe it's just he's there. He's already wearing his what he thinks is a good criminal outfit, and he's got his gun, and the car's parked, so maybe he sees her, and he sees the daughter, but he's like... I'm here. Can't turn back. This now. is my moment, mm-hmm. and I just have to go through with it. Yeah, she's just collateral, which is also kind of yeah. weird. If he stalked her for so long, to church, to the store, to whatever. If if it, if your plan wasn't to have the daughter there, you could probably figure something else out. Yeah, he's not. But he, he's not yeah, a smart yeah. criminal. No, I agree. He's not for as intelligent as a, like you said, book smart as he is. Yeah. Probably not the best with uh, with all this. We could easily abduct someone much simpler than he could. Just let the record show. <laughs> if we wanted to, if we wanted to abduct your ass, yes, you listening to this, we would abduct your ass, and you would have no say in the matter. Oh boy! <laughs> Can't wait till one of our listeners goes up. You should have set me up better than that. I would have done better. Hey, let's try that again. If we wanted to abduct your ass, we'd abduct your ass. That's good stuff. Can't wait till one of our listeners goes missing and now they're like, we got fucking evidence on these dipshits. Oh my God. Here we go. Fuck them. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. If Casey Anthony can get acquitted, so can I. <laughs> Ming made Mary drive until they were in a wooded area where there were no witnesses. Ming forced Mary and Beth out of the vehicle, tied them up with rope and duct tape that he had brought, and then put them in the trunk of the car. Remember, this is Mary's car. So Ming started driving back towards where he had left his van. During the ride, Beth was able to slip her hands through the ropes and she started working on Mary's when all of a sudden the car stopped and turned off. Ming had reached the park where he'd left his van and walked around to the trunk. 
when he opened it, he found Beth untied uh, in the process of untying Mary. He got super angry. Ming tied them back up and put a spare tire on top of them so they couldn't move. What Ming didn't notice was that this time there were kids playing at the park. And even further, a six-year-old boy named Jason Wilkman was just curious of what was going on and walked up to the trunk and saw everything that Ming just did. Ming turned, saw Jason, and without hesitation grabbed the boy, opened up the trunk, and threw him in with Mary and Beth and drove away. The kids that Jason was playing with saw the whole thing, so they ran home to tell Jason's mother. It sounded like a close-knit neighborhood of kids. Mm. All were familiar with each other. So they just ran home and told. And within 10 minutes, police were called and a search was started, specifically a be on the lookout for a green Ford. So he just left the van there. Mm -hmm. So the van's still sitting there. Hmm. Mary said that she was trying to comfort Beth and Jason. She she has her own eight-year-old daughter in the trunk, but now she has a random terrified six-year-old with her too. As she was trying to get the kids to relax, Mary noticed that the road had changed. They weren't driving on smooth city streets. They were back on wooded back roads. All of a sudden, the car stopped and Ming opened the trunk. He pulled Jason out, then shut the trunk on Mary and Beth. Using a tire iron, Ming beat Jason to death and left his body in the woods, then resumed driving back to his van. And that's where we'll pick back up on part two. Boy, that escalated real quick. Don't like that? Jeez. It's Ming the Merciless. Not a good guy. Finding out. I'm starting to think I don't like this guy in one bit. Mm. I was down for like crotchless panties on your mom. But <laughs> you were now you're fucking now you're you're going too far. It's too far, pal. <laughs> That's too far. <laughs> well, what can we look forward to in uh, part two, Ian? Part two, we'll talk about the seven weeks that Mary and her daughter spent with Ming and how they ended up getting away. Wow. Not how you would expect the story to end, right? No. Good happy ending out of the story, at least in that sense. Not for Jason. No. Jason. Not for him. Not for them. His family will get justice, though, at least. Okay. Coming next week. Hmm. All right. We'll say final thoughts till then. Boy, um, that's something, man. It's just scary. Yeah. Very unsettling. It's weird because it's so different from excuse me, anything we've ever talked about, like just focusing in on one person from childhood throughout your entire life. Yeah. And stalking them, but not even stalking them because once they moved to the Philippines, was it the Philippines? Yeah. Like you, in this day and age, like that day and age, you you couldn't keep up with what they were doing. Mm-mm. So all day, every day for years and years and years, he's what, just jerking off and writing off these fantasies. Then his fucking local paper says, oh, they're coming home. A hero's welcome for these great people. He's like, here we go. Let's go. Was he jerking off? We never explicitly said that. I don't know. I assume that's part of it, right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I would think so. He's not. There was, there was a, you know, he wasn't having any female companions. He's mm-hmm. probably getting off, you know, that it's wet dreams, whatever. Mm-hmm. Somehow or another, that fucking cum is coming out of his penis is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay. That cum is coming out of his penis. <laughs> Pretty sure that's going on the soundboard next week. <laughs> I don't mean to get too scientific here, but that's what's happening. Yeah, I mean, you go back. <clears throat> What year was it that they met 
her, that she just had him in class. Like 68? Even before, or... Or she left in 68, so 66, 67? 65. Oh, 65. 65, 66. So what is that? 15 years. That is so long. Like... In a day and age where, like, you're not friends with somebody on a social media, he had no knowledge of where she was, what she was doing, anything. For 15 years in a, and it's easier for us to say now because we have that access where you can be friends with someone, you know, and know what they're doing at all times. Their tweets and twats and TikToks and all that. But this was an, an era where he's just like, oh. She moved away. I'm going to write stories. Could he have just not lived the rest of his life then writing fantasies about her and then just died if she never moved back? Yeah. Don't you get bored and like, hmm, let's try something else now. I, yeah. I feel like he would have transferred this onto somebody else eventually. Eventually. But yeah, how it would long have would it have been? Her. He went a long time without <clears throat> doing that. That's a long time. Or like one day you just randomly run into someone at the grocery store who resembles Mary and your mom and, and you just suddenly yeah. <clears throat> you know, switch it up. Like the demon jumps, jumps ship and now it's a new person. If, if they didn't have that newspaper post about her returning home, could he have just died a lonely pervert who got off on his, you know, middle school teacher? Very possible, right? Yeah. It's just so it's, weird being a, a specific person other guys we've talked about, Leonard Blake, he just had his M lady. Just the idea. It wasn't mm-hmm. a specific woman. No. Just the idea of wanting to capture a woman. Same with um, the hometown asshole with Amanda Berry and... Oh, Castro. Ariel yeah. Castro. Like That wasn't just specifically on them. It was just crime of opportunity to mm-hmm. take them. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll dive more into that next week when this story ends. Dave, what do you got on the old uh, Patreon? Well, we have not recorded in some time, so this Patreon list is rather long. We might spread it out a little bit, though. I think I'm going to spread it over the next couple weeks. So if you're not read tonight your name, we were going to get to you in January. Please don't fret. Yeah, it might take a few weeks. We'll go through some of them. Thank you to new patrons, Matthew Bullen. Rip Hungry African, Jolene Robert, Crystal, Lance Rodriguez, Michelle Patton, Savage of South Dakota, Yevgeny Levich, Mason Bonovi, Priscilla Ann, Jordan Jaina, Noah Forbes, Shelby Shoemaker, Sophie, Krista Gordhammer, Sitting on a speaker while pterodactyl Mike cacaws. <laughs> That's straight Howard Stern, right? That's right. <laughs> Private parts. <laughs> oh, yeah. That orgasm's on me, toots. <laughs> Lead boatswain of the SS Jizz Tannic. Brian's baby dick, 69. Sorry, pal. <laughs> Davis family, Jennifer Ramos, St. Rios, Jen Winningear, Antonia. I can't believe I paid for this. <laughs> Merry Christmas, pal. <laughs> <laughs> 
J.M., Shmema, Mrs. Hildebrandt's daughter, Ashley. Oh, I didn't know she had a daughter, hmm. Ashley. Hmm. Yeah, that's your kid, Mike. <laughs> I will not claim any of that. <laughs> Amy Kayleen, Nikki F. Bitch. It's lots of eyes, though. Be Bitch. Bitch. Madison Mercer, Victoria Mercer, Christina Rathburn, Philippa M., Baylor, Samantha Thomas, Brooke Stapleton, I Cucked Mike for a Change, mm-hmm. Elizabeth... Yeah. <laughs> Do you fuck your own wife and I watch? Is that cucking me? <laughs> was that just me being a pervert watching you fuck your wife? <laughs> close your blinds, it won't happen again. Hmm. Fucko. Ma'am, you should close your blinds. <laughs> Elizabeth Dugas... The goose peeking through Mike's blinds. That <laughs> would never happen because they're closed. Holly Morgan, Jimmy B, Abby Normal, Kathy Evans, Hunter Blind, Teenage Mutant Nipple Suckers. <laughs> Don't love that. <laughs> Apparently Ian does. <laughs> uh, yeah. Jennifer Swanger, Crow Nardi, Rindykins, Necronama Brandon, Kayla Webb, God Never Said That, Riley, Michael, Mike the Cucking Cuck Lord of the Galactic Cuck Pyre. No spaces in there. So. It's on my uh, resume. <laughs> <laughs> no spaces. <laughs> Vanessa, Tiana, Dave, choke me till I come, communicate to stop. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> That's pretty good. Hey, what's up? <laughs> Let's get her in studio. Or him. Or him. Hello. Happy New Year. Devin McCollum and Emily Wolcott. Thank you very much, new patrons, for all your support. Welcome aboard. We have a lot of fun here. Good time. Ian, what do you got? For iTunes, I have one for Mina Hyena. Uh, she said that they had a tornado tear up their house and stuff. So oh, my God. They've been listening to us, help them get them through, or help get them through it. So hopefully things are going better. Oh, yeah. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, I can't even imagine. That's awful. Johnny Nigma, a whole bunch of numbers. Gabe Gamble, Chino, me, 445-7546. Nicole I, 1885. D Price, 88. Sput Tart, Rob Herrera, and Joe Mama one zero nine. Thank you guys for the awesome reviews. Joe Mama, yeah. <laughs> Dave, anything else on your end? I have some international uh, reviews. Thank you so much, Blue Hullabaloo from Great Britain. We got Caroline from Denmark, twenty nine underscore nine from Canada, and Meg two four two five also from Canada. Let's All get right, those, uh, international reviews going. Thanks. That's good stuff. I have one military shout out. Joe Duncan, disabled U.S. Army vet. Thank you for your service, sir. Thanks for listening. Joe Duncan. Hell yeah. We haven't had a military shout out in a while. Mm -mm. Good stuff. All right. Anything else? One final thing. So the P.O. box was pretty overloaded during the holiday season. Lots of people sent us lots of stuff. Lots of candy, lots of treats, things like that. Apparently, we... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like for as much as we talk or I, I guess some of us like sweets we got sent a lot of candy a lot of candy a lot of candy 
So I think over the next few shows, we'll try to get through some of these boxes, maybe do a little taste testing on the air. On some. On some of it. Definitely can't get through all of this. It's just too much. But no. uh, thank you guys for sending us such cool stuff. We got a lot of stuff. We got candy. We got chips. We got teas. Yeah, tea from the UK. Yeah. Nuts or something. I don't know what's over there. <laughs> Anyways. So a lot of cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of stuff with no names attached, too. So we'll, we'll do our best to try to. Well, we'll tr- maybe try it on air and move on from there. People, I, I like to tell myself people like the ASMR of us chewing into microphones, right? Mm. <laughs> Limited occasion. Yeah. Not every week. You don't want to hear that every week. <laughs> so. We're not going to start 2020, 2024 off with that. No. We'll give you a little break. But next week, be warned. We might be chomping into some potato chips and start the show. You never know. <laughs> I tried uh, someone. We had gotten some dried Skittles. The freeze-dried Skittles. Freeze-dried Skittles. Did not like them. I love those things. I look. Yeah. It was I really too, like it, them. They were even like, how do you make Skittles sweeter? They were sweeter than before. I think they're good. Oh, they don't hurt your jaw. You don't have to chew so much. They're very soft. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're right on that. No, thank you. We have a big ass bag over there, so yep. <laughs> that's all you guys. <laughs> um, all right, anything else? We good? Yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good. All right, well, welcome to your five, fellas. Yeah. Here we go. Glad to be back. Yeah. We'll make a Looking run at this thing. It. We'll see if we get canceled before year six. <laughs> <laughs> see what the Vegas odds have us at. <laughs> we are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube at Necronomapod, Patreon.com slash Necronomapod. Necronomapod.com for some stickers. And did I say it all? I think you did. Sounds right. Okay, see you. <laughs> you guys ready for a cool down view? Cheers. <laughs>